I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Monday, and I'm here with Sarah Haynes. This is Behind the Table. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Happy Super Bowl Monday. Happy Super Bowl Monday. It really should be a holiday. I I feel like that's, I mean, or at least they should schedule it because next Monday is President's Day. That's a federal holiday. Why don't they do the Super Bowl that Sunday and then we have off on Mondays? Samesies to President's Day. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it would be nice for everybody to have the day after the Super Bowl. My my script popped open today because of the wings I ate last night. So I do think it should be a holiday. (laughs) (laughs) That seems good. Well, tell me about your Super Bowl Sunday. Well, so all week... Uh, Max is out of town, so I was going to throw a Super Bowl party with the kids, which just means I get to wear sweatpants and eat a lot of food, and hopefully the kids will watch a little. But all week, Alec kept saying he had a Super Bowl party, and I didn't believe him because I kept saying, you can't go to a party without a mom reaching out to me. I can't, you know, so you don't have it. He had conceded as of Sunday that he'd just be staying home with Mama and, and Caleb and Sandra. I get a, I text one of the moms on this birthday group because I didn't, recognize a number and it ends up this is the party Alex been talking about and she oh, said we a have a party. few there's really a party <laughs> and she's like well you know we have a few people coming over locally you know if you want to come over I walk in and like the parties I've been to they involve pizza you know wings things like that this was catered with like bartenders and like the best wings I've ever had really? bang bang shrimp like this was a party to end all parties I was like Oh my gosh, thank God I put makeup on because earlier in the day I, I was drinking a gin and tonic on my couch while the University of Iowa lost uh, yes. to Nebraska. And I was really upset and I'm texting. I start to get emotional. And then she writes me and I thought, oh my gosh. So the day just didn't, it was a very happy surprise that we thought we'd stay an hour. We stayed till 1030. The kids weren't even awake when I left this morning. We raged. Yeah, no, we I'm raged. I'm very proud of you. This is great. I mean, I'm really proud of Alec getting invited to better Super Bowl parties than you or I do. I had no invitations. He told me about that party all week, and I was like, "There's no party. There's no party, Alec. Yeah. There was a party, and it was big." Wow. All right. Cool. Um, well, who? <laughs> what did you guys do? Did well, you... I went to a buddy's house, uh, okay. and he had a Super Bowl party too, and my kids were there. And uh, my nine-year-old won the Super Bowl pool that they had, the props pool, where you had to like pick yes or no whether things would happen. Yeah. She beat everyone there. I don't think she had any idea what she was doing. Did she, she win? Just, yeah, Money? she won one hundred and five dollars. Put it towards the college account. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not even going to tell her she won, but it was great. Oh <laughs> so, my gosh. Yes, that's right. I'm stealing from my nine year old. <laughs> I have to cover my own debts. <laughs> so it, it all works out. Were you rooting for anyone? The Chiefs. Okay. Um, mainly because my family, my nephew, niece, my sister—they're all Chiefs. They they were in Can- They grew up in Kansas. So okay. We've been, I have Chiefs gear that my nephew forces on me right. year after year. And now there was a reason. Because your relationship with the whole Kelsey Swift thing has been up and down throughout the season as we've talked about it. It's getting it cuter here. the longer it lasts. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing that shocked me, which I can't even believe I forgot to say, is Mama uh, Kelsey kept talking the week before that she didn't know where she was sitting. Because she's yes. like, you know, those boxes are worth millions. Mama Kelsey made the box. Of course she did. Yeah, well, I knew she would, but seeing her in that box, it was like, you know, everything's all right in the world. Like yeah. she, Mama She's Kelsey, in the box. Mama Kelsey was fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- but I think it also overshadows how amazing Patrick Mahomes played yesterday. Yes, he's unbelievable. Oh. He's, uh, I enjoy watching him play. And, and it's funny, just like two years ago, and this is probably more football than the podcast audience cares about, but uh, like two years ago, Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback of all time and no one will ever touch him. And now today where everyone's like, 
is Mahomes better than Brady already? At 28 years old, he's already doing better than Tom was at that age. Wow. And it's pretty impressive. So, yeah. How quickly they forget you, right, Tom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We walked out today to Yeah from Usher. That was that big halftime show moment. And uh, it was fun to see you guys coming out. What did you think of the halftime show? He uh, killed it. Yeah. Killed it. I thought so, too. I was in a room, so I loved it. I was in a room of people that were like, eh, it's okay, it's a little low-key, they weren't big enough stars, there weren't big enough surprises. <laughs> I know, I know, but I saw that on the internet, too. There was definitely, it I was saw more... someone that wrote, like, Usher and Ludacris being back together is like watching the Avengers meet up. I think it was an age thing. I think if you're our age, it was amazing, and if you were, like, Usher. 22, you're like, eh, it's okay. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, so funny enough, though, it just hit me this morning when I was talking with Summer that when Summer and I went to the Super Bowl once, we passed Usher. Oh, all right. There he, you go. He was up in one of the boxes. And I was like, was that just? Did he lead you to your seat? Sorry, no. That was an Usher <laughs> oh, joke. Gosh. Thank you. No, that was a dad joke. It was. I'm it was a, dad. a lame yeah. dad joke. All right. Fine. He was going the other direction. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm getting applause in the control room. Um, all right. So, so who would you like to see at the Super Bowl? Who went the time you were there? Who, who? performed? Coldplay. Oh, awesome. It was amazing. I think we were eating during the halftime because we were there for a food tour. Yes. But we had so many funny moments, so we're on the field. You mean I didn't send you the Super Bowl for your keen uh, football insights? (laughs) Well, I know you expected more from me at that Super Bowl, but we were killing the food stand game. But the other thing is we're down on the field, and there's a point where we see someone who's clearly a professional athlete. And I was like, Summer, Summer, I (laughs) I know he's a baseball player. I think it's either Derek Jeter or Alex Rodriguez. We didn't know which one it was. Mm-hmm. So the ending was it was A-Rod, but we just didn't know. It was A-Rod, future uh, Guy Day Friday host of The View, A-Rod, because Alex of Rodriguez. That yes, it all worked out. Well, and there was a point where we're working. He's hanging and he's like, hey, we should all go do something. And Summer and I are like, um, we've got food to eat and stuff to shoot. So there's a point where all of a sudden we he was with us and we kept trying to say to him, like, we're you're trying to ditch A-Rod. We're working. No, Summer goes, <laughs> I think we lost A-Rod, said no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> we no, ditched he was, him. That's fine. I and mean, then we ran into him again in a box upstairs when we're ambushing all the boxes to interview people. And he shows up in one of the boxes. Hey, why is A-Rod still here? Yeah. Hall, uh, oh, well, there yeah. you are. We lost you. What happened? Wow. All Are right. Well, scared? one of the greatest ball players of all time. Um, okay. So I have actually been, not to make it about me. As oh, do you podcasts. want me to ask you a question and set you up for this? Uh, yeah, sure. Set me up for this. Okay. So Brian, tell me, I know you've been to the Super Bowl a lot. Yeah. I've actually been to the okay, Super Bowl 11 there. times. Um, <laughs> early in my career, I was the sports booker for the Late Show with David Letterman. I know this and whole story, but keep telling it. my job was to go to the Super Bowl. And to come back the next day with the Super Bowl winning quarterback every year. And it was a huge, huge deal. It was I had a private jet on standby oh my and I had to figure out how to, to beat out all the other late night shows and come back with the winner, which I, I did. Was it like racing for the wedding dress and that free wedding dress scuffle? Sure, I guess. But so. did you wrestle? Yeah. Like, did you run over them? Did you have to play tricks? No, what did you I, do? I played some tricks. I played what some kind tricks. of tricks? I like, had to like steal a special vest to get like onto the field when other I wasn't supposed to have the the ability to get yeah. onto the field. So I would. Because so I was going to say, did you have passes to get on the field? I had passes to get on the field sometimes, but then one time I had to like swipe the purple vest because only people with purple vests could be on after the game. And that's when I would try to go to the quarterbacks directly. So were you ever nervous? What if I don't come home with Terrified. this Terrified. Because so, I mean, like that feels like, you know, it was your last day today. Well, Thank the, you, Brian. The first year, I, I mean, the first year I ever did it, I got Tom Brady and that was like a big deal. And then. Tom everyone, who? Yeah. And then did everyone was. Everyone was very excited. <laughs> and then they said, okay, great. You better do it again He's next year. He's the guy year. in the Duncan commercial, right? Yeah, that's him. That's how you know him. And then year after year, 
I had some success. But then they started like running the promos for the Monday show. Oh my before gosh! I had Promising booking, it before you've saying, ever done like, it. You know, yeah, every, it was just to scare the heck out of me. Like Saturday night, I'd be in my hotel room and it would come on the TV. Oh, I panic! And it would say, like "Join a- Monday to see the winners come to Dave first. See who's there on Monday." And I'm like, "I don't have the booking. What are you guys doing?" So, Putting a little fire under your bum bum. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So I would have to like battle out everybody and try to sneak out, and then. Um, you know, I would run onto the field and pretend I had Letterman on the phone with me. No, you said that. You used that every year, though, right? Yeah. that well, When I got up to them at first, I'd be like, hey, uh, Eli Manning, I'm talking to David Letterman. He wants to know if you're going to be on the show tomorrow. And there's nobody on the, on the phone with me. Meanwhile, his mom's like, Brian! Yeah. And, and, <laughs> right. And I'd get the thumbs up, and then just we'd be good. Wow. Yeah, so that was fun. But I got to see all the iconic halftime shows. I saw Prince. I saw— Oh, Prince supposedly is the best ever. It was amazing. It was raining during Purple Rain. I saw Beyonce. I saw Bruno Mars and the Rolling Stones and Bruce Springsteen and You did not see my favorite one, which was the hip-hop reunion two years ago. No, I saw that on my couch. Yeah. Yeah, that was during the View era I had. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' Group Text Podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit. Whoopi was with us last week, and she was discussing her comments about not being friends with your kids. What's your take on that? Oh, yeah. You can't be you can't be friends with your kids. You can someday. I think when your hands-on work is done and you become more of a guide or mentor in their adult years, I feel like I'm friends now with my mom and dad. But I'm, I'm of the generation that believes you need to be uh, a certain amount of afraid of them while also respecting them. Yeah. Um, I was more scared of my parents than I would have been of like police officers, like because whatever they were going to deal was going to be the worst. I am still very uh, terrified of upsetting my parents. And that's a very I'm 47 years old. And that's still something that like if they're upset with me, it like it really weighs on me. Yeah, but not enough, because remember that time you crossed out your grade and you came home and. They're going to find out. And I said to you, how did you live those days in between while you were lying? And you're like, yeah, well. All right. Well, to to dig a little deeper. Occasionally, I I got into trouble in high school. You literally erased a grade card, got them to sign it, took it back, knowing they're going to find out you failed. 
I, well, I didn't think they would find out. I thought I'd be able to push it down. Listen, when you're when you're a teenager, you don't really care about the long term. It's all about I surviving That's in the, the moment. Difference between boys and girls, though, you understand delayed gratification. I got into some trouble as a kid, but yeah. I turned out okay. Um, we have a listener call in. It's from Jason, a college senior who has a question for you. Let's listen. My question is for Sarah. I'm a senior in college, majoring in broadcast journalism. I'm calling in because I love watching you on the show, but I also admire the career path that you've taken. I would love to have a career like yours one day. I just don't know how to go about it because I think that I have more of a personality for a variety type show rather than just news anchoring or reporting. So I'll take any advice you have. Thank you, Jason, for the question. Um, I would say you are living in a good time to kind of create whatever brand it is you want to be. There was a time where you had to take traditional paths because the jobs were very limiting and everything was siloed. News people were just news people and it was a small box and you had to try to uh, follow the steps to get there. I came up and kind of what made my career possible was the – boom of like the websites for shows. So in circa 2007, 2008, they were wanting more content, digital content. And social media was just coming around, I think in 2009 even. So Mm -hmm. that opened the door for me to kind of present whatever I wanted. It had room, like digital has always been a space that allows for more. Um, But I think the fact that you're growing up in a time where you could put on your own show Create the brand you want. Don't just wander where it is or look from the outside. Make up a show. Do it on YouTube. Create like little uh, clipped off bit parts or a series on Instagram. Do whatever you want to do and figure it out because when someone comes to you and says, here's the microphone, you got to know who you are. And I think you live in a time where you don't have to wait for a middle person to say, oh, yeah, we pick you. Create it. Kiki Palmer created her whole life online because she said I wasn't getting phone calls, so I I did it myself. Justin Bieber through YouTube, I think he was. There is a freedom, a liberation from people having to come find you. You can do it now. You have access to the world. So do it through social media and digital content. And then you, you'll you figure yourself out along the way. That's really good advice. And I will say that because now everyone can create their own material, that's a huge opportunity. But it also means there's a cluttered yeah. space out there. So it's harder to break through a little bit yep. than it was in the Justin Bieber era. So one thing I think also that is important is to try to get in front of people that you can, that can help teach you and you can see how yep. things go. Speaking of which, one of our makeup artists, Goddaughters, was here today and you were giving her some advice all day. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ashira. What was that? Yeah. Um, well, I was saying a couple things that I always wish I could tell young people. Things like when you're picking a major in college, you are not picking something to train for a job you're going to get. It's not linear. So I was telling her some of the best advice I got was my mom told me, pick a major based on what you want to spend the most time studying, whatever category or interest that is, because that's what you'll do for your major. And so I picked government, not because I had a linear path to how I'd use that. Um, But I think people always ask you, what's your major and what are you going to be? And those are things you shouldn't have answers to. And those are things that aren't cemented in. We live in a time where you can pivot and change jobs four and five times. So remember how young you are and just know what you want at the moment. I think shadowing people, I think asking questions, internships, all those things are great because what you were saying about being around people to learn the jobs. But the other thing is a lot of people come into media and TV trying to follow paths. There is no path. We are living in the day and age of authenticity, which is personality driven, 
24-7 social media. There was a time where no one knew anything about Tom Brokaw because he had a news show and it was, you know, a half hour every night and you didn't see his kids and the weekends and everything else. Even though it's a saturated place, you now have so much space to kind of be whatever it is and people are going to see, right, you can't put up a facade. You right. know, you've got to bring your whole self to whatever you're doing. But like when when Jason referred to like the variety show or whatever, what does your show look like? If you created your dream job tomorrow, what does it look like? Create that. And you have to be able to kind of show people who you are. They're not just going to give you a chance. Do you know when you rem- when you realized you wanted to do some version of this? Yes. So I came to New York and first was doing all comedy. Like I did improv comedy. I did auditions for I really wanted to be on either a sitcom or Saturday Night Live, which I tell you tell people all the time. So I kept doing that. And I thought the odds, because I'm also a very safe Virgo, I knew the odds of making it in that business were so small because I was also good at math (laughs) that I had to have a realistic next plan. And as I wasn't getting many callbacks or anything, I started to partner up with my public speaking, which I had done through high school. I had competed in public speaking competitions. So I thought maybe it's not the role or acting. Maybe it's being myself and bringing in the improv, bringing in the public speaking and kind of having my own fun. The comedy doesn't have to be playing a character. It could be just me trying to be funny. So the hosting thing, as I started to audition, I started to get callbacks. And that told me that I was on the right path where I'd gotten no traction before. All of a sudden, I was someone that they were wanting to see again. And that's kind of when I veered towards a lot of people would ask me, what seat would you want to sit in? And that's when the, you know, the view was on. I'd been a fan. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the view, some of those multi-person talk shows. I'm not a solo character, right. you know, but and that's when I started creating things online and becoming that job through my own interviews to show people because people don't often say, show me what you got. You got to show them what you got. And then they decide if they like it. For me, it was all about internships. I mean, I didn't know anyone in the industry at all. I mean, me you, people, well, you're like Kathy Lee Gifford's niece. And oh, we're not talking about that. I uh, am not Kathy Lee Gifford's niece. I'm also not Ginger Z's twin. And I'm not Diane Sawyer's daughter. Okay. Okay. So, but one, compliments all around. Sure. These are all beautiful people. Yes. But no, I know zero people in the industry. Okay. Me too. I knew nobody in the industry. And um, I had no idea even what how these things worked and then i read a book when i was 16 years old about uh, uh, behind the, the scenes yeah the late shift oh that's it um about the the fight for johnny carson's uh role on the tonight show and i closed the book and said oh i want to do this and I had no idea how to do it and that's what internships are great at if yeah. you don't know anyone this is how you know people you come on you make an impression and then you stay in touch and you hopefully get an opportunity it's still hard but you put yourself in a better position when you're in the room with people that have done this. And you also find out if it's really for you. You see what other people are doing. I mean, you did the page program at NBC famously. And, well, one yeah. note to your story, though, that's important is I think some of the difficulty is not everyone has that moment where the light goes off and they're like, I read a book and I love this. I think sometimes finding what you love is hard. Oh, sure. Because for in my path to this, all I could do was trace a feeling I'd get. You know, people say, find out what you love doing and get paid for it, which sounds so easy and it's not. But I realized, what do I love doing? And I, I combined the adrenaline of a basketball game warm up when I'd run out and we'd all be in our gear. I felt this. I could like conquer the world feeling. And I felt that also in talent shows when I do sketch comedy. So I thought, okay, so it's a little bit of basketball warm up, a little bit of sketch comedy. How do I get that feeling? What does the job look like with that feeling? So sometimes the journey is in piecing together what you like, what you love, what you what makes you feel like you could 
you know, walk on water. And that part is a journey, too. Right. And we're both lucky to do things that we love. And it's it's not always accessible for everyone. Yeah. But you got to try for it. you got to take a shot. And, um, you know, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. All right. On that note, thank you for joining me, Sarah Haynes. Tomorrow, I will be back with Sonny Hostin. The number to call or text us with questions is right here in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Pete. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.